0: Ring, ring. Ring, ring. This isn't the second try. (laughs) 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 Uh,
1: Well, I guess we're just going with it then, right? We're just going to go with it. So we have a guest here today. Patrick, would you like to introduce our guest?
0: His name is Brendan, and he is a fellow podcast host who found me in the Oh, and the bowels of Reddit. Um, And
1: (laughs) (laughs) you make it sound so unsavory where you guys hang
0: out. R slash podcast guests, I think it was the the unsavory location. Guest
2: exchange.
0: Yeah. Guest exchange. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, Yeah.
1: the bowels of Reddit.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and Brendan reached out to me and invited me to talk on his podcast. And I talked a couple times with him, and he has been an absolute joy to meet. We've known each other for a little while now, actually, and it's been great. Brendan, would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Tell the people about you and who you are, what
2: you do, what makes you tick? Sure. Uh, Yeah. So, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on here. It's, you know, uh, like Patrick said, it's been been pretty fun. You know, we've, we've had some good conversations, some good Splatoon games, you know, some good rants about Star Wars, and it's just, it's been a good time. I think, honestly, though, if I remember correctly, you found me on Reddit. Because I'm pretty sure I posted something and you commented on it. I thought it was the reverse. Maybe it was the reverse. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. I don't remember. It was a long time yeah. ago.
0: <laughs> it's all water at the bridge.
2: <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. So we have a we have a good a good thing going here. This is actually the first time I'm meeting Becky. So hi.
1: Hi. It is nice to meet you <laughs> finally.
2: <laughs> it's, it, it is. I've I've heard a lot of great things. Um, it's some not well. so great things, but we're not going to talk about those. Hey, hey, well, hey, hey I hey. wasn't going to
1: bring that up for you, but <laughs> I guess Patrick is. Uh, maybe we should talk about Patrick later.
2: <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good idea.
0: Oh man. Oh good dear. Oh dear.
2: Um hmm. Okay. Well,
0: well so, bye. Anyways. <laughs> um <laughs>
2: But anyways, no, so my my name is Brendan. I run a podcast called Talk Ag to Me, um, where it's all which is all about agriculture and you know teaching people about where their food comes from, have some great conversations about, you know, how agriculture ties into daily life, about movies, TV shows. Uh Patrick actually uh was my first guest on my second season of the podcast. He was actually my first non- agriculture-based guest to come on and talk smag with me. And so he kind of, uh, you know, he was the pioneer for my for my new season of the show and kind of launched me forward into kind of the next step of what I wanted to do with my life. So I can uh, definitely thank him for that.
0: Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Those are very, very fun conversations. Rarely have I had a situation of where I get on a conversation, especially with a microphone in front of me, <laughs> with somebody I didn't know, <laughs> and it just felt really natural right off the bat. Like we, we maybe had like 15 minutes of Oh, not super comfortable conversation, I guess. It didn't flow <laughs> the best right off the bat, but then, it, like, we got right into a swing and then chatted for a long time, <laughs> and then oh, did yeah. it again we some... you know, a week or two later. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had some great debates about, you know, uh, droids and Star Wars and and how how good of robots it would be for for farming, and yeah, it was great.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So much appreciated.
1: I listen to those episodes and I really enjoy them. <laughs> And you give Patrick a really hard time about his Star Wars knowledge, which makes me very fearful for what you think about my (laughs) Star Wars knowledge.
0: (laughs) Well, we're a long time from the next Star Wars movie to come out, so I guess we'll just have to see how it all goes at that point, right? I mean, we're definitely not going to talk about Mandalorian anytime soon, maybe. Yes?
1: (laughs) Uh, Uh, I haven't started it, so probably not. What? Uh Uh-oh. I know. (laughs) I know. I've heard it's very, very good. It's on the list. It's on the it list. is fantastic. It's okay. my, yeah.
2: my roommates just started it, so I, I can't really talk. But I'm I'm a big fan.
0: Agreed. Yeah. That that's that. Yeah. We we don't have to get into all that. But yeah, Mandalorian is really really
2: good. <laughs> it, it totally lives up to the hype. It it really does.
0: But you know what else lives up to the hype?
1: What could that be, Patrick?
0: Why the movie that we are going to talk about with lots and lots and lots of spoilers? Probably, hopefully. Um, we were hoping to talk about uh, Soul, and we wanted to have Brendan on because whilst he is an expert in the ag side of things, he also is a big fan of Disney, and so we thought it would be he'd be a really fun guest to talk about the latest Pixar movie. And I, in fact, have a Soul. Hey, you know what? Me too.
1: Well, that's not what Patrick's... <laughs> hey, 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 hey,
0: hey, hey look, guys, guys, guys! Let's stay on topic. You <laughs> could We don't have to go about who talked about what and who said who, and it, yeah, it's, yeah, that all water under the bridge. <laughs>
1: that's true. You've decided. We forgive you, Patrick.
0: Yes. Somebody has to decide. <laughs> yes. I took charge. Yeah, you know, that's a, that was the whole podcast. <laughs> this particular episode. Just taking charge. Mm-hmm. 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 So, so I'm going to take a brief editing break. I should have pulled up the Soul synopsis prior to us. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: oh yeah, I was like, should we explain what Soul is for mm-hmm. anyone who uh, wants to listen but has not seen it and doesn't mind all the spoilers? I guess
0: I have yeah. found it.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: that would be good to have because it's definitely mm-hmm. not what I thought it was going to be going in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The synopsis doesn't tell you a whole lot, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, So, the synopsis of Soul, for those who uh, are not familiar, ever wonder where your passion, your dreams, or your interest come from? What is it that makes you you? In 2020, Pixar Animation Studios takes you on a journey from the streets of New York City to the cosmic realms to discover the answer to life's most important questions. So, Pixar's figured it out, guys. Uh, If you haven't, just... Watch this movie, and you will cry and question your existence and maybe have a very small, light um, uh, midlife crisis or whatever period of life you are in, and question your decisions. So that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: <laughs> so uh, good times. Fun for
0: th-
2: good time for the whole family.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. everything silly and mundane that you would expect.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would think it's supposed to be for kids, but I don't know how much kids would enjoy this one.:
0: Oh, I don't know, there was so much funny.
1: It's uh, the cat. The cat was great. The cat
2: was great. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I was watching this movie and I was really like, I don't see the the childhood appeal in this one. I mean, it's a great it's a great movie, but it's kind of got the inside out effect. I love Inside Out, but I do not see it being a very attractive kids movie.
0: What about it? Do you feel like wouldn't uh, wouldn't get a kid? I'm curious. Or get a kid. What a word. What a way to say that. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about it? Would not attract be attractive. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> rewind <laughs> what about this movie <laughs> oh this edit this is gonna be a great edit oh my gosh okay
1: you're not gonna be able to edit around that Patrick no. that's just gonna be right in there
0: <laughs> oh man okay well, that was the episode that was great
1: <laughs> all right
0: perfect just episode away. <laughs> yeah
1: Yep. yeah
0: it was a movie. Go watch it. It was fine. Yeah.
1: We're gonna You'll try cry. to address some really big topics. Can barely get a question out. Can't even. Can't even speak.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Try Brendan. again. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man. So now, so also peek behind the curtain, Brendan. Um, the last episode we recorded for over two hours, or very close to it, and you saw the finished product at right at an hour and seven minutes.
1: <laughs> so yeah. oh,
0: that's yes. why. <laughs> Patrick gotcha. can't Patrick can't the words
2: sometimes with the coming out of things. That's understandable. I get like that too. It happens. Oh, oh man. man.
1: It's okay. You can just edit it transition sounds in between yeah. laughter. It'll cut back to just us still laughing <laughs> because it just went on for so long.
0: Oh my goodness. Just whack the microphone for effect too. Hey, so <clears throat> Brendan. All right. Yes. Why don't you think? Uh, what do you what, do you, what do you, about this? That sound really accusatory too. Um, <laughs> Why don't you think this is a good? Wait, what, 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 yeah, what do you think? What do you not think about this? <laughs> <laughs> wrong? What, what what about uh, what about this movie? Do you think is less uh, not kid friendly, but uh, the not
2: the best fit for kids? Are We speaking or talking about Soul or Inside Out? Soul, yeah. Soul, okay. Uh, so I think that the aspects of soul that were kid-friendly or or, you know more attractive to kids would be like the you know like the the younger souls playing around finding their spark all that kind of stuff you know the whole like the colors and the lights all that kind of stuff that happened in the um the great before that part and like the whole shenanigans with the cat and the whole body switching thing i think that stuff is fun enough for kids to to get but there seems to be this theme with you know disney movies and pixar movies and all these different types of um, like more animated style movies that have, you know, have to do with like, it's a fun story that kids can get behind. And there's a like kind of like a, a more hidden message for adults to get behind and, you know, for people to get into. This seemed almost the reverse. Like there's like, there's a little bit of superficial stuff for kids to like, but the movie hit pretty hard and is pretty explicit with its message. And it was mostly for a more mature audience. It felt like to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, the protagonist is a guy in his mid forties. who's you know, not hitting the goals and things that he thinks she should be at and then gets you know faced with the realization of oh you know he doesn't ha- he's not he's his life is going on before him and not getting to do the things that he wants to do so yeah and then he guy. dies and then he dies yeah that that part too yeah you know? like so he and then he gets to go back and see he's like oh here's my life and like oh and it's disappointing Mm-hmm. Oh no!
1: <laughs> I definitely agree with what Brendan said. It seems like an adult movie wrapped up with some kid elements, some yeah. fun stuff mm-hmm. for kids and animation, but the themes are very heavy and big.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, mm, yeah, <laughs> we're going to dive right <laughs> on in. This is...
2: <laughs> yeah, Patrick. What are your thoughts on the movie?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think I would agree with you honestly. It's it's the. The stuff that I loved, that I thought were really funny, like the mentors and and whatnot, it would be super great for kids. Yeah, uh, you know, even mm-hmm. but even some of those jokes would I think would go over go over the heads of a lot of children. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about um, the thing with Abraham Lincoln in the mentor. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're cool with being on the penny, you know? Andrew Jackson's on the on the twenty bill, like Jackson. Like
1: <laughs> kids won't get that joke.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I doubt it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I laughed i had to stop i stopped that that part show my wife like like i know you're not watching the movie check this out this is great yeah
1: she thought yeah. it was hilarious
0: but i'm not sure many kids would yeah. think that was funny you know it's like it's like okay i mean he hollered and that was pretty funny but no, right. i'm with you guys yeah. i think I, I think it's this is an adult movie with that's just happens to be kid friendly mm-hmm. as in you know no swearing and things <laughs> otherwise it's a it's, a, yeah. it's an adult movie
2: yeah. And to your point, there are some really good jokes in this movie. Like they, they poke fun at a lot of stuff like history and you know, obviously they, they poke fun at the uh, the basketball team and all that kind of stuff, but I just don't see like you said, the jokes and you know, a lot of like the elements that make the movie good just don't seem to be the the same elements to make other more kid friendly movies good towards kids, you know?
1: Yeah, it feels like an adult movie first and then yeah. a kid yeah. movie second.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like the opposite of a Shrek movie or a DreamWorks movie where it's primarily right. a children's movie and then they make a sneaky kind of, you know, suggestive joke that that uh, the kids will not get, but the adults are like, oh, really? You just, you just put that in? Come on. <laughs> and, right. And so, yeah. So this is like all adult themes and then sneaking some funny kid
2: jokes in there. Right. Well, it's funny because this is one of those movies that like I I don't know if you guys have heard the Absolutely Gobsmacked podcast. No, no I haven't. This? So this is a podcast where they basically break down the behind the scenes of movies and they go over like all like the acting and drama that happened, you know, like the 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 reason that the music sounds the way it does, like all like the behind the scenes stuff. And it's really, really interesting. I've actually uh, had them on my show a couple of times. And I've been on their show once. It's really they're they're great guys. We talked about up in one of the episodes I was on. Actually, I think it was the only episode I've been on so far. We talked about up and we talked about how up is like. One of those movies that you grow up with, you know, so it's like you start off like appreciating the, you know, the jokes and like the colorful bird and like all like the, the, you know, the stuff with Doug and all that kind of stuff is great when you're a kid. As you get older, different aspects of the movie appeal to you more. And Shrek is kind of like that, too. You know, it's it's really funny when you're a kid and it's even funnier when you grow up. You know, it's, it's a movie that ages with you. Yeah. This is a movie that basically is already aged and it's waiting for you to catch up to it.
1: I like that. It's a good way of describing it.
0: Yeah, I think I'd get more on multiple showings uh, or watchings mm-hmm. of it, I think, that mm-hmm. I would have liked to have gotten in before, <laughs> maybe before recording. <laughs> I don't know, guys,
1: quick, a uh, two-hour break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I'll be right back. Insert old right. music. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Just some elevator music waiting. I don't mean to, uh, to command this entire conversation. I don't know if you guys have anything else you wanted to address before we start covering different points of the movie or...
0: I mean, you are the guest, so you you can you can drive
2: it. Go ahead. Here's here's the wheel.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm down to dive into whatever you guys want on this one. All right.
2: Um so one of the big things I wanted to cover, you know, in talking about this was the the whole and it's actually kind of a, a lesser point in the movie was the the teacher element to things. Um it was not like it was ignored in the movie, but it, there, it wasn't as, you know, prevalent, but it was kind of like, like like one of the, like, hidden, like, this is one of the few things that was hidden in the movie, I feel like, was that, you know, the role of a teacher, the role of a mentor is really, really important, and for anyone who's listened to, to my show, you know, who may, maybe you're coming from my show to here, you because know, you, you saw Patrick, but I am studying to be a teacher, and so that that really, really resonated with me, the whole, like, you know, the, the influence somebody can have over, like, one of their students, so like, for example, the girl who like pray, plays the trombone and she wants to quit because all of her friends are making fun of her for being good at the trombone, and like the the whole like you know when twenty two was in, uh, what's his name? Joe. Joe, yeah. Yeah, Joe. Joe. I was trying to remember because his his I, I got confused between him and like I think his his dad's name comes up a lot and um, it gets makes. Anyways, yeah, when when 22's in Joe's body and she talks the the trombone player into wanting to do trombone again and and then she realizes what passion is and what talent is and that kind of stuff that kind of like feeling that she felt because that's basically what sparks are it's like you're it's not like what you're meant to do it's like your passion it's your you know it's your thing that makes you want to be who you are and so you know it's it's like that that part of the movie was really really cool and you know from my perspective at least
0: no i think i agree with that and i think did they they didn't even really resonate and not resonate they didn't even really touch base back with the with the teacher element as much like they start off at the right. very beginning showing his impact and the trombone player. And then she circles back midway through the movie, but they don't really touch on that a whole lot, but I feel like they almost could have done that more uh, showing the impact on some of those returning souls, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, and did I miss something where they did touch base <laughs> on that? And I totally missed it. Cause I've done that before.
1: So, so I did watch it one more time last night and I was noticing, because I knew you wanted to talk about the teacher thing, so I was noticing it a little bit more in the in the movie that the theme kind of plays throughout a little bit very much more subtly and some mm-hmm. of the other themes. But for instance, so you know when Curly, Joe's previous student, who's the drummer for the band, he mm-hmm. calls him, he talks about how much of an impact he had, and Joe kind of just dismisses it aside because he's so focused on his goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're right.
1: Throughout the movie, you kind of get these moments where... People are telling Joe like how much he has impacted their life and he doesn't even notice. And then at the end, so at the, you know, at the end with 22 and all the doubt and the lost soul stuff. Mm -hmm. So 22 is hearing all the voices of all their mentors they've had over the years. And it's like all the things that these mentors have told her that she's not good enough in all these different ways. Like she's hearing all of that now. and It's kind of like the impact a teacher can have both in good ways and bad ways. Mm-hmm. And for Joe to see him and how negative of an impact he had on her, it was just a really strong moment. And to hear how these negative things he said in the heat of the moment, she started to internalize and make worse and worse for how she spoke to herself was really relatable. Yeah, for sure. It kind of, I don't know, it just made me think that along the way, he's supposed to be a teacher. And along the way, somehow, he ended up being a terrible mentor in some ways, without meaning to. But at the end, he mm-hmm. turned out to be a really phenomenal teacher, because when she needed it most, he knew exactly what to say to her what she needed like the kind of support she needed in that moment to find her her spark and her willingness to go back to earth
2: yeah no definitely and that's a big part that I really wanted to touch on was the whole you know he forgets his role as a teacher and that's what kind of causes the whole conflict of the movie is you know that like I'm not gonna say this entire movie is just about how you know how important teachers are but that is kind of an element that's you know that's like you mentioned it's it's very subtly there but it is there you know um and that's kind of you know i'm actually this is uh, one of my potential tangent you know tangential points that word um I'm, I'm supposed to be giving a, a speech at a, a virtual reality conference in like a week, I think. Or no, it's on Wednesday, actually, so it's less than a week. Um, and it's supposed to be on the role of a mentor and the role of a teacher. And so that's like, that's one of the points I'm talking about in the speech is that you know, teachers are – they're there to give you information, but that's not their main purpose. Their purpose is to guide students to their passion. You know, it's, to, it's to help them find what they're meant to do in life. And like, that's, like, you see that with the drummer and you see that with the trombone player. And eventually you see it with 22 unintentionally. But that's kind of the whole, you know, that's, that's kind of Joe's problem, you know, cause there's always the, the old saying of, you know, if you can't do something professionally, then you teach somebody else how to do it. That's, that's kind of the stigma. But that's not really a bad thing you know we need people out there teaching others how to do the good things you know maybe joe is really really good at piano but he wouldn't be a good stage performer just cuz that's not his personality he taught others how to be good at that thing you know he taught them how to find their their love and their passion for it he didn't obvi- he didn't you know necessarily teach them how to play he showed them what it means to play and and you know how 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 they should feel when playing and if they didn't feel that way then that wasn't their thing but if they did then he helped them realize that and that's that's what a teacher's supposed to do is guide students to where they need to go in life and so that you know that that was kind of a big thing that's what i've noticed most of all throughout the movie was that whole guidance process with him and 22 and like you said like there's the you know the, the previous mentors at 22 had were all frustrated with 22 and they gave up on her too easily and that's why she didn't like the you know the the things that she was, exp- that she was exposed to until she actually got on earth and she got to experience them firsthand because you can't you can't force information down someone's throat and expect them to like it. You know, they you have to let them find it on their own and just help them get there, first of all. And then if they like it, then great. You encourage them to push it further. If they don't like it, then you don't force them down that path. That's just not for them. So that was kind of a good lesson in, you know, if you're going to be a teacher, don't be like the ancient mentor type teacher. Be the type of teacher that shows kids what passion should look like.
1: I really like that view of teaching. It makes me think of one of the... I think a really good metaphor for teaching was at the end when 22 was scared to go down and Joe was like, I will go with you. And she's like, but you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't. And he's like, well, I'll go with you as far as I can. And -hmm. it's kind of the idea of a mentor or a teacher guiding you as far as they can go and they'll be with you on your way. And at some point you have to do it on your own, but they'll give you that reassurance and support that you can do it Mm -hmm. so that you feel ready when it's time.
2: Yep. No, exactly. And that, you know, that, that at the end of the day, that's the whole, you know, that's the whole point of being a teacher is to help people, you know, get to where they're going in life. And if they're scared, you give them that extra push, even if you can't follow them all the way to the last, you know, to the final destination. But that's, I mean, that's why, and this is a bit of a tangent, but that's why people, in my opinion, should pursue being a teacher, not, not necessarily because they have a lot of information they want to share, but because they should care about helping their students get to where they need to go. And the information should just be a vehicle to get them there.
1: Have you guys had a lot of good teachers over the years,
2: Patrick? Well, you go first. You haven't talked very much.
0: That's like the first time anyone has ever said that to me. It's like Patrick, you haven't talked. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm absorbing. You guys are. You have made a lot of really really good points, and I don't I don't know how that, I don't have much to add on that. It's it. it y'all have some really. <laughs> we'll just all slap each other on <laughs> the back. This is great. Um, no, <laughs> but no, seriously, yeah, those are all really really good points. I had. I had the the weakest formation of a thought, but I don't I think it made derail us, but this is a question I don't have the answer to and I don't even really have a thought, but I I think maybe you guys might. Um and I would like to circle back to the teacher question though. But the thought that I had was what point do you think Pixar was trying to make by bringing in all of these high profile mentors that 22 rejected outright? All these people who have been known for being teachers and being Just historically very, very good people and not having the patience to deal with her. And then you just have regular guy, Joe, who by outside standards, maybe is just a super regular guy who maybe didn't reach his full potential. And then he gets through to her when the others don't. What point do you guys think that they were trying to make there? And like I said, I don't even have a surmise there, but given the, the thought process of all the mentors and all the teachers that they brought in, that seems like a point they may have been trying to make that went over my head. Do you have any thoughts to that? And if not, we can just edit this out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to you go first, Becky, or you want me to take that?
1: Um, I have a thought, but you can go first if you want.
2: Okay. Um, So this is kind of just a, a very rough theory, but I think the point they were trying to get across, and this may completely miss the mark, but I think that they were going for the idea that because let's you know, all the mentors that she that she had were incredibly smart people. You know, some of them were were leaders. Some of them were you know they were just they were great uh, scientists or physicists. or, You know, they were just overall extremely smart people. I think what she was trying to get across though was a, a, being smart does not make you a good teacher. It doesn't make you a good mentor. It Doesn't make you someone who's worth following. Having passion and, and knowing how to transmit that passion to somebody in a healthy way is what makes you a good a good teacher. And so I think that kind of the point they're getting across was, you know, Joe is a regular guy. Yes, he's good at what he does. But it's the fact that he's passionate about music that makes him a good teacher because passion is kind of infectious. You know, that's, that's why, you know, the first thing you learn in public speaking is speak about things you're passionate about, because the passion will get transferred to your audience, and they'll care about what you're saying more. And so I think that that's something that we see a lot in the movie, you know, we see passion kind of show up with with joe you know whenever he's playing he gets transported to that zone where all those people are they're doing what they love and you know it's funny that, that zone is above where all the lost souls are because those are the souls that got stuck in their passion and then fell out of it because they you know they they lost all ambition to to follow their dreams and that was a really good personification by the way sorry i didn't need to interrupt but i, I saw that as like oh that's
0: good that's really yeah. really good yeah. I, super mm-hmm. clever Any, anyway sorry <laughs> I, yeah. noticed, I, I didn't <laughs> object there
2: <laughs> sorry no you're fine no i I agree completely I think that was an, that was an excellent you know illustration of, of what that what that looks like and what it especially what it feels like I mean you know I'm, I'm sure that everyone at some point in their life has gotten really caught up in a dream of theirs and if it fell short they feel like that zombie looking creature stuck you know stuck at the bottom you know they don't know where to go next and you know it's it's this is one thing that I will give the movie for as, you know, goofy and, you know, and cartoonistic and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff that's going on. It's very, very real. Like the things that, the, that they express in this movie are, are very good illustrations, representations of, of real emotions, of real situations that happen in real life to real people. And that was one of the things I loved most about it was, you know, it, it felt really, really, really real. And so I think that was kind of the point they're getting across was just, you know, the the whole like having having a smart person lead you does not equate to somebody who who not only has passion for what they do, but they have passion for helping you find what you want to do, too.
1: I like that answer. I hadn't thought about the passion aspect of it. I, th- I think the thing it made me think of for your question, Patrick, was, I guess for me, when I think of really good guidance, it's less about telling someone what to do and more about listening first, and then helping mm. guide them. And so You know, I thought I thought of it more as just they were there because it was really funny and it was a funny play on, you know, mentors throughout the years and all these great famous people. But I mean, the message could also be that when people become so well versed in what they do, they sometimes forget. It's easier for them to tell people all their knowledge, but it's sometimes harder to remember to listen and be like, okay, what does this person need as opposed to what do I know that they should know? And so maybe for someone like Joe, it's easier to just listen and actually hear what 22 needs as opposed to like, I know how to be compassionate. I know all this amazing science and this is what will be the thing. Like even Joe did that at the beginning. Is like, I love music. You should love music too. Why do you not? Mm-hmm. And so it was all these people trying to push what they think on 22. And it seemed like for 22, the thing that worked the most was get 22 getting to experience themselves and someone showing versus telling. And yeah, it makes me think of the scene where 22 is sitting on the steps and just watching parents playing together, people talking, and they got to see the joy rather than being told, this is joyful, this is what you should like. (laughs) And yeah, so those are the kind of the two things I thought of.
2: Uh, But I think that going back to your question, Becky, about the about the teacher thing about, you know, if if we had great teachers, that's a good, um, it's a good way to kind of explain you know the the I think I think that that question can can answer you know why we perceive this movie the way we perceive it so so I personally had phenomenal teachers um so when I was in uh, my high school agriculture program I had three teachers in particular that had major influences on my life I mean they're the reason I want to be a teacher today they were uh like not just my teachers they were my mentors my coaches my advisors my therapists you know they were my second set of parents in a way um they were there for everything I needed them to, to be there for they were either after school they were there on holidays on weekends uh, if I had an issue, I went to their, you know, their office, and I sat there and talked to them for hours, and they would just talk to me as if, you know, not like I was, uh, not like I was a kid. They would talk to me as if I was going through real issues, and they and they helped me figure them out on my own, and they never told me what to do either. They kind of just told me what they thought was was best, and let me figure it out. And so, they were. I actually have a couple episodes on, you know, a couple of those teachers, two of those three, and they were incredible, you know, influences in my life. They taught me how to speak. They taught me my passion for, you know, or they helped me realize my passion for helping others realize, you know, their passions, I guess. Uh, They're an example of of what I mean by passion is infectious because they would just talk in ways like when I would see them up on a stage speaking, they were just so you know, just this contagious with, with how much energy they had, how much they cared about what they were talking about, how much they cared about helping their students and helping you know, other faculty members. That kind of stuff really had an impact on, on you know my perspective of, of helping others. I already agreed. I wanted to help people with my job. They are the ones that kind of came in and said, okay, well, you'd be really, really good at this. And that's a big part of it too. You know, It's one thing for a teacher to tell you what you should do. It's another thing for them to tell you that they think that you would be good at this thing that and and especially if you respect their opinion. You'll have teachers that say, Oh, you should go into this job because it pays well. But if a teacher sits you down and says, Look, I've been watching you over the past few months, work with these kids, you do really, really good working with them, you understand their issues, you listen to them and you give them good feedback and good advice, I think you'd make a phenomenal teacher. That kind of interaction is something that you just can't you can't replicate. You know, that's something that is just genuine and you actually feel that. And when you feel that it it just inspires you to want to go on and do that. And so that was kind of just my experience with with my teachers. And I've had other good teachers, but those were kind of the, you know, the all stars in in my mind.
1: That's really awesome. I'm really glad you had those. I'm always really excited for people when they've had amazing teachers because I've heard like your story, how much of an impact they can have. Patrick, I know we were going to let you go since you hadn't <laughs> talked a lot lately, which is very unusual for you. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm just, I'm just absorbing. I'm really enjoying this conversation. So, <laughs> I'm,
1: just, I'm just, I'm just a listener. It's like, oh yes,
0: I, I, I'm the guest today. Anyway, um, I, I had good teachers. Um, I don't, I don't think I really had the same level of super mentor that that Brendan's describing, <laughs> which is totally, <laughs> totally a, a thing. Um, mm-hmm. The one teacher I had that stands out to me, and I don't know that she would still remember me today, but I totally remember her. In university, I had a a speech teacher, and I am... I have many many words, but I am not a natural public speaker. That's why I started a podcast you know, because it's like you know, yeah, yeah, this will this will this will help.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's to improve on skills you want to work on. Exactly, perfect.
0: <laughs> yes, that there are skills that I need to work on.
1: Um, am I teaching Brendan? Am I being supportive?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, you are. You've been good incredibly <laughs> supportive.
1: Yes, I'm proud oh, of you man. both. Mm. Thank you. What a, te- what a good teacher! Oh my god. Yeah, like, I'm going to keep this podcast going. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, I think you would make an incredible teacher.
2: <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that.
0: Oh goodness, but uh, no, she she was a fantastic teacher. Um, I had took speech because I had to, and I <laughs> uh, it was just mm-hmm. one of those required courses. And I happened to you know go on to rate my professor, which I don't know is still a, still a thing, but it was definitely it a is. thing. It is really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, went to rate my professor, looked at the various teachers, and this lady was. The number two teacher in Louisiana uh, for any subject, so she was yeah. she was up there, and wow. like all of her classes booked out way in advance. I was able, I was lucky to get in and get into one of her speech classes because I took it in my second or third semester when I should have probably taken it for my first. When, but uh, yeah, because I took it later, I was able to get in with her, and my goodness, she was so good. She was just she had a way of breaking down barriers and making things natural and fun we played improv games for our um for some of our classes we did a couple of big speeches and a lot of small speeches just ways to break the ice and have conversation and she made it feel fun and natural as opposed to put on a suit and get up there and talk to us for five minutes like um okay <laughs> uh, she, she really did a great job breaking down the ice and we were all pretty much friends by the time it was all said and done you know the whole class and her and i was surprised at just walking through university and she would see students and me too she called me out once and it's like patrick how's it going i'm like oh hey miss fluker how's it going <laughs> it's great to see <laughs> you <laughs> I, I did not you know i'd see her and recognize her but i was like no she doesn't recognize me it's like because she has how many classes and probably 100 students or whatever but she and it wasn't just me she did that with so many of her students um and I was super impressed so yeah I to say it was an influence I, I would say that was influential just just how she had a passion for her public speaking I ended up taking another class with her that I didn't have to take because of her and her uh, the way she conducted herself and the way she conducted her classes um and I was just blown away I really loved going to her classes which was not necessarily the case for all of my school teaching things so yeah, I would say Miss hmm. Fluker would be my answer. <laughs> final answer.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you explained that, and that just wasn't your your answer entirely.
0: <laughs> the answer, Miss Fluker. Next, <laughs>
2: final answer. Oh, cool,
1: Patrick. The million dollar
0: question.
2: <laughs> well, whenever this podcast you know hits the top of the iTunes charts, then I think she'll be she'll be thanking you for making her famous. Absolutely. I mean, she's already number two on Rate My <laughs> Professor, so she, she doesn't need your help. She's, she's yeah, outside. exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can get her to number one. You never know.
0: Hey, yeah. Hey, all right, guys. Don't worry about rate the podcast. Just, just go find Miss Fluker on <laughs> Rate My Professor. <laughs> rate
1: Patrick <laughs> Professor, not Patrick's podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, Don't worry about my podcast. No, no, no. Go rate, go rate Miss Fluker. Number one.
2: I mean, I'm in California. I might, I might go rate for her to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic. So Becky, what, what, were, what was your teacher experience like?
1: Um. Yeah, kind of like Patrick, I didn't have any super mentors like you. I wish I did because you hear those (laughs) stories and I'm like, why aren't my teachers like this? Um, I think when I first think of teachers, I think of elementary and high school because they're your most formative years when teachers can make such a huge difference. And Mm -hmm. I have some I look back on fondly. I have a lot of, you know, they were decent. And then there were some that were just, they seem like they didn't care. They didn't want to be there. They just seem upset and kind of mean a lot of the time. Like, they yelled at us sometimes for very mm. small things, and that just always made school so much harder. And it just makes, instead of giving you that joy of learning, it's like, I don't I don't want to go to school. I don't want to be in this class, and that's so much harder. And so it really makes me appreciate the teachers who come in, and they care, and they try to make it as enjoyable as it can, even when, you know, especially in, in those early schools, there's so much curriculum you have to get through it in high school. When I think of meaningful moments for me for teachers. There's there's two different sets of teachers I think of, I guess. So in university, in my last year, I started getting really unwell, and I wasn't sure what was going on. I wasn't actually even sure if I was going to be able to finish my last year. I was studying engineering, so it was a very intensive program and very, very difficult. Uh, my mom actually suggested I should go talk to accessibility services at our school to see if they can help at all. Hmm. I did, and they were incredibly kind and supportive which i really appreciated because up until that point dealing with doctors and specialists i had to like fight for everything a lot of the time to be believed to be listened to for my symptoms to be taken seriously and so it was really really difficult And so to have this group that was like oh we believe what you're going through and what can we do to help was tremendously helpful and so I was like, do I have to tell my professors about this? Should I? And they said, it's basically up to me, I don't have to. But if I want to, it can be helpful for them to know. So I decided I would tell them. And it was very, I guess, scary for me because as a student, you're worried, will you be judged? Will they think differently of you? Are they gonna be supportive? And to their credit, every single one of my engineering professors responded incredibly kindly. They basically, Express sympathy and empathy. I sometimes forget what the difference is between those two, but one of the two, one of the two are both. <laughs> and they thanked me for sharing with them, and they basically said, if there's anything I ever need, just to let them know, and they'll see what they can do. For someone who wasn't even sure if they were going to be able to make it through their last year, having that kind of kindness meant the world for me because it was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this, but I know that I have people on my side at least, and if it gets hard maybe something can be worked out and we'll see what we can do. I had one professor who was in a different program who did not respond as kindly. It really hurt and was very difficult, but it made me appreciate those professors all the more because they didn't need to express that level of of kindness to me, but they did. And that meant a lot to me in those moments. For sure. Wow. Yeah.
2: And I I will say that's, that's another important point too, is that You know, you you remember the really good teachers you have, but you also remember the really bad teachers you had. You know, everyone remembers a teacher that was really mean to them or that wasn't fair to them or that just gave them a hard time in class that they didn't enjoy being around. And it's it's really a, a shame. Like, I think that if... You know, let's just say, hypothetically, there were no bad teachers, there were just good teachers, and then, like, really, like there's, like, really good teachers, and then there's kind of just, like, basic teachers. I don't think anyone would remember a basic teacher. You know, they, they would all remember they're really good teachers, but they wouldn't really remember a basic teacher. But for a teacher to go out of their way to leave a negative impact on your life so that way you remember them because they were a bad teacher, that's just, I mean... That's just a whole other level of like somebody not being right for their job, you know, because as we learn from from the movie, you know, somebody who doesn't care about their students, who isn't there because they want to see their students grow, who just wants to be there either to collect a paycheck or because they have nowhere better to be. It's it's not that they're, you know, they're not just being harmful to themselves and, and their potential job. They're being harmful to the future of those kids, you know, like if if somebody's studying really hard to to try to be, you know, an engineer or or a veterinarian or or even another teacher or you know just anything that, that their teacher doesn't support or even if they do if, even if they just don't care at all, that can have a really really big impact on how that kid views their future. And that's not, you know, somebody in a role that important needs to be more careful with how they, you know, how they influence those below them. Like they they can't just you know, pretend that they, or not, not even pretend it, they, they can't, they can't act like that towards someone who that, that's their biggest dream in life. Like, you can have a serious conversation with somebody and tell them that maybe, you know, their chosen path isn't the right path for them. But don't, you know, don't just tell them that they're going to be a failure in life or don't accommodate them if they have some some obstacles they have to overcome or, or anything like that. You know, you have to you have to be able to help anybody, you know, regardless of what situation they're in, if, if they want the help and they ask for it.
1: Yeah, I think teachers are so important in those moments. Like, I think I think especially for students who don't have other supports or resources, or if they are, say their thing is music, their music teacher can have the greatest impact because they're the one who, who knows about that. And so they look to them mm-hmm. to be like, can I do this? And I think it's in those right. moments where students are questioning, can I do this? Should I do this? That teachers can have the most impact, whether it be positive or negative. One thing I do want to give credit to, though, is, and Brenny, you probably know this way better than I do since you are uh, looking to become a teacher, is that I it's very easy for like maybe me and Patrick to be like, oh, be a good teacher and like care. And I imagine it's much harder day in and day out when you are having to try to be positive and supportive every single day for your students. It's not as easy as just caring all the time. Like, I'm sure all the stuff that comes with being a teacher is also very difficult and it's it's not always easy to be the ideal of a teacher you always want to be. So I do want to give credit to that as well. Oh, this reminds me of the the other set of teachers that I've really enjoyed throughout the years. I've also done a lot of improv over the years and taken a lot of classes and have had amazing teachers there, especially the first few ones, because when you start improv, it is an incredibly scary and vulnerable thing to do for a lot of people, including me. And having teachers there that are supportive and make somehow getting up there not knowing what you're about to do and making it feel very possible and comfortable and easy and supported is a very is a very wonderful feat to do and as i progressed through the years it got into more intensive training where there was a lot more feedback and trying to get better and i think a teacher that can provide constructive criticism while also making you feel uplifted I think it's a really hard thing to do, and I'm always really impressed when someone is able to do that really, really well.
0: Absolutely, like you could, you should almost come away from that conversation with, I just got told how to, and I feel really good about it. So I don't <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and so that actually semi ties back into another point I had on on the movie. You know, getting getting back on trying to bring mm-hmm. back on tracks what, um
1: <laughs> we're talking about a movie
2: <laughs> teachers teachers I,
1: yeah
2: I was looking at
0: know, all this crazy, list it's right? like wow I was like Man. but you know it, it all it does tie, tie together I, I really feel like the, mm-hmm. those teachers oh. yeah those teachers it does it does yeah it's super important so I don't I don't feel like this was
2: derailed yeah.
1: that was the perfect tangent yeah, so. patrick's not gonna edit yeah. all the so. <laughs> out. Just- <laughs> <laughs>
2: no that, that was all i mean i think that and that was the biggest point i wanted to talk about with the movie was just the the teacher element to it you know how how, how how important the role of a teacher is in the life of a developing mind and that goes for 22 that goes for the trombone student that goes for the drummer that even goes for joe i mean seeing his you know his his influence in, on on his own life you know and, and how being a teacher has influenced his life and his decisions and that sort of thing but that was—I mean, like I said—that was the biggest point I wanted to cover. But there were a couple other points on my on my list. If if you guys are still, uh, you know, still still into the conversation, you're not you're not out, out of the out of the movie yet. No,
1: no, oh, no we're that's good. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nope.
2: <laughs> so, um, completely uh, non-smooth segue. But on to my next point on the thing. So, so I have so I have it written down as taking life for granted. But I just remember what I was talking about when i wrote that down um so we see joe you know obviously involved in his day-to-day life he's 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 passionate about teaching these kids about piano and, and about just music in general and all this kind of stuff when he gets his big break he gets so excited he like runs through and does the whole like you know the audition with um with the the big time jazz band and all this kind of stuff and so he's super excited to get his shot but we learn throughout the movie that he basically built his entire life up to this point and then you know that's kind of that's it, you know. He he reaches his his ultimate high, and then obviously he you know falls down a manhole, but uh, like quite literally. But there's <laughs> there's <laughs> there's like this this kind of subtext there that we start to realize later in the movie, and Joe starts to realize this too, is that, you know, if you focus your entire life on one goal instead of, you know, all the things that can get you to that goal, then that starts to cause issues. You know, if if you focus on being the best jazz player in the world, well, that's great, but there's a lot of steps you got to go through before you get there. And you can't just, you know, tunnel vision your way through life. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, you need to find something that makes you happy with what you're doing kind of thing. And so... I think that's what I was trying to get at with the whole taking life for granted thing. You know, don't, you know, don't assume that because you're not doing your ultimate goal that you're failing at life because there's a lot of steps that have to be taken to get to your ultimate goal. You know, it's just maybe you're just not on the right step yet.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of this thing you hear about where you kind of keep thinking like, oh, if I can just do this or if I can just Mm -hmm. get to this goal Everything will be different. Like, I will be happy. Life will be better. Life will change once this happens. And mm-hmm. it feels like, yeah, this this movie was trying to remind people that that's not how it works. It's not like, oh, once I achieve this goal, I will be happy. And everything I've ever wanted is now here. And And then what happens? And mm-hmm. yeah, I guess remembering to enjoy the journey along the way is really important. It reminds me of this. I was listening to this other show and the guy on the show had been on one of those reality talent shows with his acapella group. And so getting on that show, I think, was, you know, one of the highlights of what they wanted to achieve. And it was this amazing thing. But once they returned, they, they were in school at the time. So once they got back to school, he was saying a lot of them really struggled with depression and just feeling like life was kind of empty after that because this was everything they wanted. And now it's done and everyone moved on. Mm-hmm. And what is left for them. And they just really struggled after. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So I think, I think like what you're talking about, just living in the moment, but, but it's, I guess having your goals on the right things too, because Mm -hmm. goals are important, but what happens when you achieve the goal for, right. I can make a joke here and say that, you know, I got this great job that I've been looking, trying to get a job for a long time. (laughs) And, and if that was my goal in life, to get a great job, okay, I got it. Now what? You know, right. I'm however many years old I am. It's like, that's it? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that what I've been working towards? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. And so yeah, not, not, having, not having your perspective on the wrong thing. I think it's important to have those goals. Like It's not a thing of
1: no goals uh, <laughs> no goals no yeah
0: <laughs> and, and not even saying that just having one goal or two goals or whatever it's like because you can you can build your life on one thing and you hit it and then you've got it and now what i think so few movies touch on the now what because especially disney disney's mm-hmm. disney's, the, disney's the perfect example It's like you've got your magical prince and princess and here's the, and everything's happily ever after doody 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 do mm-hmm. and 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 I love, love that they he got his he got his shot, and then it's like now what we come back here tomorrow we do it again, <laughs> and that's it, that's it. Yep. Come back in tomorrow and do it again and again and again and again, <laughs> and, and so yeah, I, I feel like that because you can be living your dream and be miserable, mm-hmm. and so having all that balance of the right things, the right people, the right, the right stuff makes so much difference. And I really Mm -hmm. like that the movie touched on that and highlight what those important things are.
1: I know you guys mentioned you didn't watch the extras, but one of them talked about this a little bit, actually, where one person was saying that to them, a meaningful life is kind of both, you know, having those passions and goals and things you work towards, but also living in the moment and enjoying where you're at. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I like, I like that message. Cause yeah, it's not just one or the other. It's, it's both of those things.
0: Exactly. So you can have, I mean, I, I thought of it as relationships and people, but you can have those and then it'd be completely empty too, because you don't have anything, you don't have anything outside of that or they move on or whatever. And then, and then what you built your life around this person and then they're gone or whatever. And you move on. And, but how do you do that? So having that balance of passion and people and friends and family, et cetera. You have to have that balance of things. If you put your life on one thing, you're setting yourself up for for difficulty, <laughs> I feel like. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I actually, so I have two responses to that. So one of them, and they're kind of like two separate paths. One of them is a story around that exact thing, You know, either either hitting your goal and, and then like the, the now what, or, or even missing your goal and, and then the now what. Um, but the other one was, uh kind of going along the line with, with more of what the the story was about um you know we see joe like he's he's you know uh, he's just dying to get this goal you know, he was getting his you know get his chance on stage and you know, he spent his entire life looking up to this moment and he basically didn't consider his life complete until he got there and then he falls in a manhole and dies and so we kind of see that whole idea of like you know y- you wait your entire life to get your one shot and then if you you know, just die without getting it. Do you live an unfulfilled life? And that's kind of what the whole movie's about, is that he feels like his life was unfulfilled because he didn't get his shot. you know he he wastes his entire life hoping for the one day he gets to go on stage and then it doesn't happen. And then the day it finally does happen, of course, it you know, is all over. And so it kind of goes back to that whole idea of, you know, not only should you enjoy, you know like not only should you live in the moment, but you should appreciate how far you've gotten and not focus on how far you still have left to go like that's obviously something that should be in your mind but that shouldn't control your entire life you know don't just think that oh yeah well i've, I've made ten thousand dollars you know this 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 period i need to make another twenty thousand to reach my you know to reach my goal of buying this super nice thing like you know focus on the fact that yeah i, I made ten thousand dollars this period i'm doing really really well you know like focus on on the little victories don't just focus on well Yeah, I did pretty good, but I could do better kind of thing like that should always be there. But the more you focus on that, the less happy you're going to be. And and who knows, you know, you might just never get to that point and then you're just going to be unfulfilled and then you'll be chasing around a bunch of, you know, pre souls in, in, in this weird place with with squiggly people. <laughs> <That's->
1: <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, like like what is he talking about?
0: <laughs> I was like, gonna, I was i ready for a response. I was like ready to jump in. It was, I'm like I thought like oh squiggly people. <laughs> <laughs> my my, my brain's just short Like wait what?
1: <laughs> squiggly people. Although that's yeah. not the official term in the movie
0: either. <laughs> right, Jerry, are Jerry's. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Terry and the uh, Jerry's. But that, no, that was the definition of living in the moment though. And I think that's a huge mm-hmm. point because it's, you can apply that to anything in your life. Uh, so if it is the job and it's like, okay, I want to be the CEO. Okay. Well, you got hired in as a janitor, you know, you work in. It's <laughs> right. like, okay, I'm the janitor manager now. And you work your way up the list. You're, you're If you're, your goal in life is to be married, okay, well then you don't just go get married it's like i had a great first date <laughs> you know i met or i met somebody really nice at the coffee shop i'm going to ask them on a date you know, or whatever that first mm-hmm. step you celebrate that victory and you take the next step and i think that is that that is key because you may not get there but that doesn't mean that the the 10 dates that you went on wasn't fantastic or whatever you know or you mm. know again you didn't get you didn't get to be ceo but darn it you got to be the director of of building maintenance for a you know, huge company that's pretty darn good you know so <laughs> mm-hmm. celebrate
2: those victories yeah and so i i'll, I'll very briefly tell the the story because you know I, I know we've been going on for a while now but um, the story I was getting at with with the whole message was that, you know, so when I was a freshman in high school, um, I went to my first ever FFA state conference, which I don't know if I've explained to you guys what FFA is. I, I think I explained it to you, Patrick.
1: I do not. And in case anyone else does not know.
2: OK, so FFA stands for the Future Farmers of America. It's a uh, youth leadership organization uh, for high school students and middle school students now that's all about teaching kids, you know, about leadership development skills you know public speaking job interview type skills resume building networking just general like confidence stu- kind of stuff leadership positions you know like so we had uh what was considered officers so uh you know there was like a chapter officer which means you're in charge of like your school's ffa program and then there was sectional officers which means you're in charge of like the schools in your uh county you know all of their ffa programs and then there's a regional officer which is like the schools in like a certain part of your state and then there's the state officers and there's the national officers and so there's like you know different levels of officer rank and that basically tells you what level of leadership you hold in the organization. It was a huge organization like, you know, hundreds of thousands of kids are in this thing. And so I went to my first ever state conference my freshman year and that was what changed my life. That was what made me decide I wanted to be involved in leadership. What I wanted, you know, that I wanted to be a public speaker, that I wanted to be a teacher, all that kind of stuff it started with that first state conference my freshman year. Cause I was a shy kid. I mean, I didn't like talking to people. I would have never done a podcast when I was a freshman. Cause I was terrified of people. Like I was incredibly uh, introverted. I couldn't speak. I couldn't, you know, I was, I was scared to talk to adults. Like I was, I was a very small kid. Like I was physically, I was like four, nine and like a hundred pounds. Like I was a little, little kid. Um, and I didn't, I didn't start to grow until I got into high school. I, I started to actually like, you know, get bigger. Um, but after that year, I went to my first state conference, I saw the state officers on stage speaking and they talked about how they went around the state helping, you know, uh, FFA chapters that were low on funds get, you know, get enough funds to, to do events and how they, you know, taught kids about agriculture that didn't come from agricultural towns. So they didn't know you know, anything about it and how they like they did all this cool stuff. And I wanted nothing more than to be a state officer. Like that was my number one dream in high school was to be a state officer. And so I took the advice of a public speaker that I listen to quite a bit now, and he always says, you know, figure out what you want, figure out what it takes to get there, and then start working on it, you know, start on the first step of the ladder and just keep working on it until you get there. I did that, you know, I figured out, okay, well, what are the public, or what are the um, officers good at? Okay, they're good at public speaking, they're good at networking, they're good at, uh, you know, being close with others, they're good at, at problem solving, so I worked on those things, you know, I just practiced for hours every day for three years straight. And then I got to be a senior. I was finally old enough to apply to be a state officer. And I didn't want to be a state officer anymore. I completely decided to just skip the elections. I could have applied my my first year of college, too. I decided to skip those, two. I had a bunch of friends that applied. I actually had a couple of friends that became state officers. And they came out of it not really satisfied. Like, it was that same effect of, you know, okay, well, that was cool. But now what? I'm a, I'm a year behind in school. I have to mm-hmm. try to play catch up with, with, with the rest of my grade to, to graduate on time. And it was kind of just... It wasn't worth what it seemed like when I was a freshman, but all the skills that I developed trying to get to that point, all the public speaking, the networking, the, the confidence, the leadership ability, I basically was a state officer without the, you know, without the title. And that was more valuable to me than having to waste a year. I'm not going to say waste. It, it, it is a good experience and it looks good on resumes, but it, it, it was more valuable to me to acquire all the skills and be able to use that outside of FFA in real life at college Than it was to, you know, spend a year traveling around the state trying to help kids, you know, learn about agriculture, because I I can do that now anyway, with my podcast, I was kind of the whole point of me starting the podcast in the first place. And so, long story short, that was kind of, you know, the whole message was, you know, just because you are building towards something that you think is great, and you decide last second, you don't want to do it anymore. Everything you've built towards to get that is now valuable to you, even if it doesn't get you to the final destination.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good message. And I think it makes it easier if you have to shift directions as well or want to shift directions.
2: Mm. I mean, how
0: often does anybody, especially when you're young, get into something and realize, this is what I want to do. This is my purpose. And then you start doing it and realize, I'm not actually enjoying this. (laughs) It happens a lot. I mean, it happens to adults too, Mm -hmm. but especially when you're young. I mean, you're expected to go into college or high school or whatever and already know I'm going to be a whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you start to do it Mm -hmm. and, and you're like, I hate everything that this, <laughs> this is about. <laughs> what do yeah. I do with my life? But this is my thing, you know? Well, maybe not. But... Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it makes exactly. me think
1: of all the pressure 22 felt she was under yeah. of just, like, I mm-hmm. need to know my one purpose. Like, everyone knows their one purpose, their one spark. What is mine? I don't know. And... It was making me think of, of high school and at the end of high school, it's like, oh, you have to go to school and pick what you want to do for the rest of your life right now because at like 17, 18 years old, you already know that and should know that. And there's this incredible <laughs> pressure for that.
0: Mm-hmm. My hat's off to those people who can figure that out at 17 or 18, but that was not me. and
1: No, that was not me either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And then I look, and then Brandon over here. It's like it's like I knew. Here I am.
1: Brandon's <laughs> like, why didn't you guys know? Everyone knows, <laughs> I thought.
2: <laughs> and I turned to Brandon vir- virtually and tipped my hat, say, "Good job, sir." <laughs> Thank you. I'm one of the few. I'm actually one of my one of the few kids from my uh, generation that hasn't changed his major yet. Um, I did add a minor, but I haven't changed my major at all. I've I've stayed ag education my entire time in college. But nice. That's not something that I. Well, I mean. I didn't decide I wanted to be a teacher until my junior year of high school. I was mm. dead set on on being a mechanical engineer. I loved you know engineering and, and inventing a all that kind of stuff. I thought that was super interesting. I got into it and realized it was a lot of math, and I like math, but I don't want to sit in a lab all day doing that and, and working on machines. I like people too much for that. And so it, it wasn't until my teachers actually sat me down and told me like, hey, you'd be really, really good at this. I was like, okay, I'll do that instead. And so i think it's just you know going back to the teacher thing it's all about you know the influence i had in my life if it wasn't for my teachers i probably wouldn't i still wouldn't know what i want to do with my life
0: well thank goodness for those good mentors right (laughs) that's right (laughs) and don't 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 insult Abraham Lincoln yeah that's what we learned
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but going back to your you know talking about 22's stress under you know under not being able to figure out her her spark you know being stuck in the before you know the great before for how many you know centuries from from what from what she talks about that that kind of was the last point on my my notes you know she comes to earth and and she sees nature and she gets to play with you know like actual like living things and she gets to eat food for the first time and like that interaction with the world was like that was revolutionary to her and that kind of you know demonstrated just how you know how wrong her mentors were because they thought that just exposing her to different talents would would help her realize what she wanted to do she just needed to be exposed to the the real world and you know that's kind of the whole idea of like you can't tell someone what they want to do you have to show them and 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 if they find you know find interest in doing it if they enjoy actually doing the activity then they'll start to they'll start to take an appreciation for it and so that was kind of my last my last play on there
0: but no i i think i mean again we we we've said it and i i think it bears repeating though that being a good teacher is not commanding or domineering it's it's guidance and i feel like that a those most memorable teachers like brendan was lucky enough to have to have those guidance and help him discover his spark i i still you know for me i i feel like that i have settled into what i enjoy but if you would have asked me even three years ago, four years ago, Patrick, you're going to be a mortgage lender in in a a number of years and you're going to be really darn good at it. I I would have been like, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) Uh, And that's certainly not what I would have dreamed of in college or whatever. But, um, you know, here I am. And, but uh, so it happens. Um, but I, I feel like some having some of that guidance would have been potentially really helpful to discover the kinds of things that I'm good at. Cause I might still would have ended up where I'm at now, but maybe I could have known where that was at or if, and having, and I take, I take responsibility for that myself. Like I said, I'm not blaming anybody or anything like that, but <laughs> um having my own initiative uh would have been, would have been good for that. I think. And yeah, now we're going to have, we're going to have, uh, some some therapy on Mike, you know. <laughs> it's like it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I I feel like the guidance part of it is really important, and it's something that I want to, especially give my kids as they get a little bit older. It's like I, I feel like I've I've lived some life, and I don't want to hammer anything down their throat, and I don't want to be passive. I want to give them guidance. I want to be aware of what they're unique gifts are and help get them where they need to be because um, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like there's you know some more interest like that would have been I would have really enjoyed because I felt kind of rudderless a lot growing up and so uh, and you know I had great family and great parents and great people who did care about me so not at all you know like not blaming anything or whatever but it would have been really nice mm-hmm. to to just for me to have taken more initiative, like I said, I'll I'll put, I'll, I'll take take the responsibility. It's like I would have wish I would have taken more initiative as a kid to display those talents that somebody could have picked up. and Said, hey, you know what? You just did really great thing here. Go do that, and you'll do
2: that 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 that, that that's <laughs> that's what you need for life. So, yeah, guidance is king. It's really good. Those are all the points I had on my notes, but um, I don't know if you had any if you guys had anything else you wanted to add to the conversation or
1: something. I was thinking about from from the stuff you guys were seeing, it made me think about Des the uh, the barbershop guy mm-hmm. and how he he didn't end up where he originally wanted to, but he still was so happy that Joe was like, this is what he was meant to do <laughs> and didn't even realize that that was not his like spark and his life' life goal and purpose. But I think this message of you might not always end up where you wanted to be or where you expected to be, but you can still find happiness there and joy there and, and good things there, I think is a really helpful message because life does not always go the way you hope it will or think it will.
0: Hmm, oftentimes it doesn't, but no, but f- but finding that joy <laughs> is important. <laughs> so yes, I agree. It, it,
1: it makes me think of this thing I kept hearing for all these like end of 2020 specials where it's like, if we've learned anything this year, it's like to be grateful for the things we have <laughs> and to enjoy all these little things we took for granted before and yeah, you kept hearing that message again and again. But it's something that I've also had to learn the last few years. And so I probably won't get into details right now, but life has been very different than what I expected and I talked about a little bit about how I was really unwell at the end of school and I'm still kind of trying to figure that out, but it basically means that a lot of the normal things that, you know, I think I would be able to do at this point very easily are not things I can do or can do easily and life started getting much smaller for me and all the things that I don't know just a lot of things you can you would think you can normally do I just started not being able to and I started having to find ways to figure out how to still be happy where I was and it was a really difficult thing to do when your life is changing so much around you
0: I can relate to that in a few different ways as well so yeah that's being happy where you're at is a huge deal so yeah I know, I understand what you're saying. Not to get too somber, but yeah.
1: <laughs> Patrick's thinking of all these things now, just like.
0: Oh
2: man, it's like oh, brain goes just, all the different places. <laughs> guy's heads in his hands on his table, just what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so A single so, tears
1: rolling down Patrick's cheek mm-hmm. right now.
0: <laughs> I, I have made it through this episode. I, here's the thing on that one, though. You know, Pixar can make me cry like no other series of movie makers <laughs> i did not cry during this movie but my goodness no. the, the, the i just turned it off and just like oh, well <laughs> it's like just put a big anvil on my heart and <laughs> it's like it's so heavy it's so heavy oh yeah um but yeah i didn't i didn't cry on this one but yeah i was just like wow i i actually i, I take it back i the suit scene <laughs> where mom was mm. making the suit and 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 talking about his dad and her relationship with his dad and and it was such a good moment and i i can't get i i don't remember the details of it but i just remember like oh yeah right <laughs> here it is there's the Pixar moment right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that was that was i don't know the stuff with 22 um the when when he also i, I I'm not going to go all over the place too bad but whenever whenever he realized what he had done to 22 and he's seeing all mm. of her doubts and all of her misgivings all present all at once. And he being one of them, that was a super, I didn't, didn't cry on that, but the, that gut punch moment of, of everything. And then seeing it right there in front of his eyes, there he is. He's the one was mm. just so intense. Uh, also kind of like, wow, kid movie. What? <laughs> I would be scared <laughs> to death as a kid. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was, yeah. That was intense. That was really intense. And and again, not cur- not tear-reducing for me, but like it just gut-punched. Like, wow, they went there. And yeah, he yeah, mm-hmm. bears responsibility.
1: I think 22's self-talk during that moment, too, was so relatable. If you've ever dealt with self-doubt and feeling not good enough and the things you start to tell yourself and the things... You start to tell yourself from how other people have treated you, and you start to just internalize that and make it worse and worse. I think was just so relatable, absolutely, and really well done.
2: Yep, couldn't agree more.
0: Just and again, the personification of them as ghosts in your mind too, just mm-hmm. haunting everything. It's like, oh yeah, the imagery. The imagery in this movie was just yeah, really great overall. I, I was oh, yeah. I was super yeah. super impressed with it.
1: And in that moment, all yeah. the mentors were larger than life like the, the lost souls yeah. become larger than life like all of their troubles become larger than their actual soul as well which i think is really mm-hmm. interesting imagery
0: yeah absolutely
2: yeah, yeah. oh yeah there, there's there's a lot to this movie that you can you can pick apart in terms of the symbolism and imagery and all that kind of stuff there's just they did a lot with this movie that that on on like the first watch kind of goes unnoticed
0: so we'll uh we'll watch again is what you're saying and, and circle back for follow-up and yeah i thought there was gonna be a...
1: absolutely but on the second watch <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, well i haven't watched
1: it a second time so. <laughs> there is there was one throwaway well not throwaway line but a line that watching a second time i i noticed more was when joe and 22 first start talking and 22 explains they don't want to go to earth they they say they're comfortable there like it's not great but they at least know what it is, and I also thought that was just such a, such a relatable line that I think a lot of people can struggle with sometimes.
0: Oh, I know mm-hmm. I can for sure. I mean, it's scary making a change. It's scary to do to do something different, and mm-hmm. and then so to be comfortable, it's like I I know this. I I I'm, I'm in a spot where I know everything. Why would I Why would I want to change? Mm-hmm. Just to, yeah. It could make everything could be worse. (laughs) Why would I want to get away from where I know? It could be
1: better, but it's so scary. And at least I know what this version is and it's not great, but it's okay enough.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. The fear of the unknown is always something that is notorious for, you know, stopping people from doing new things or things that they they may want to do, but they don't have the courage to do because there's always the old like, you know, the monster that you know is less scary than the one you don't kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And then all the monsters personify into ghosts in your head and <laughs> give you all self-doubt. <laughs> yep. And we've gone for a circle again.
1: And then you need Moonwind on a, on a pirate ship coming to rescue you. <laughs> Moonwind Oh, <was> Moonwind. <laughs> oh.
2: oh, man. I just love that he was a, a, a sign flipper. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was
0: great. Yeah. He was in his zone too, man. He's
1: such a good sign flipper. Although I still don't understand yes. the sign flipping because you can't read the sign while they're flipping it.
0: <laughs> oh, it's just man. for attraction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get your attention. Yeah, yeah. it's marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> the mentor stuff. The, the Abraham Lincoln was my was great, but I the Mother Teresa was so funny. I laughed so hard. Oh, but so it. good. <laughs> <laughs> I love all souls except for you. I don't like you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just like,
2: oh, harsh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that was so great. Just all the 22's interactions for some reason were just great. Like so twenty two. Like Joe's whole part of the movie was was good, and like you know the part of the barber shop was all good, but twenty two made that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: agree. Yeah, she was she was just just the perfect level of oh wide eyed innocence uh, and also skepticism and and eye rolling sarcasm. sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> such a great mix. Yeah, I, they oh, yeah. That, that, they did a great job putting that character together
1: the acting in this movie from everyone was so good too
0: mhm i love the cat oh the cat <laughs> in the sunbeam <laughs> the cat I was like man they have got like real cat consultants for this it's like oh the sun it's like oh the sunbeam i just i don't i just got to lay over slop <laughs> i'm like yep that they got the cat perfect <laughs> sorry Becky, i think i interrupted you um but yes no
1: it's okay also you cut out there for a moment for me but i think you were just saying the cat with the sunbeam
0: Oh yeah, the cat with the sun. Okay, oh, yeah. Mhm.
1: Oh, so good.
0: So what were, what were you starting to say before I uh DLS? Oh,
1: right. Uh the other thing that I <laughs> that I thought was so good was the animation in this movie. Oh my gosh, it oh, was yes. incredible.
0: Pixar continues just to do that do that amazing stuff with animation.
2: Yeah. Pixar's always been ahead of the game for like high-quality animation and and all that. The visuals just great. Mm-hmm.
1: The details in New York, like it really really felt like New York. Mm. And the piano playing? Oh, it was like it basically looked mm-hmm. like a real movie of it, someone playing those exact things.
2: Well, the hospital scene, I thought it was a real like I thought it, like switch over to live action for a second. It looked like a real oh, hospital yeah, until you saw his face.
1: Same when, when Terry came from from the Great Before to Earth, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, Terry's out of place because this is the real world. I was like, Oh no wait, it's still the animated world. I totally forgot for a minute because it looks so realistic.
0: Did either did Beck did you have something else that you want to talk about in your on your points or anything? Um,
1: Oh, the uh the animation in the U seminar was also really cool. Like I just enjoy Mm. Yes. Yeah, they talked about this a little bit in the extras, but how do you come up with the concept of things that have no concept already and how they decided to design that is just really interesting. And I enjoyed the the pastel colors and all the light and yeah, it was very Mm -hmm. good.
0: Yeah, I loved how deciding all like you're gonna have a dose of this and this and narcissism. (laughs) 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 It's like, oh great. Uh, that was fantastic.
1: I really like the Jerry's too. Hi Jerry. Hey Jerry. How's it going, Jerry?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Jerry's are great. And and Terry's whole like excavation through the files was just amazing. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and and the the fix to everything was so silly in the end. Terry, look over there. What? Oh nothing. We were saying
0: something. <laughs> I was like, well, problem solved. <laughs> it's, like, why, what? it's like, wait. It's like, wait. He really is just counting with the abacus. I thought that was for a prop to help him. Like, no, no, he was actually counting with the abacus. <laughs> yep, <that's>
2: great. <laughs> yeah, like they're like they were like, oh yeah, we we talked to Terry. It's fine. He's gonna give you a pass. You can go back. It's like, really? Yeah, totally. And <laughs> Jerry's like, look over there.
1: I was like, oh it's so silly. It's great.
2: Yeah. It's just like slapstick humor is just like like it's it's great that you can have a movie that deep and still have, you know, like like funny, like just super simple humor like that and it just it goes so far.
0: Hmm. Well
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I still so. I could even just like go contemplate my life choices now and think about my teachers and,
2: and that's how I felt after watching the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> uh
2: Man. Yeah. No, I think those are all the points I really wanted to cover. I mean, I don't know if I if I missed anything or if you guys had anything else you wanted to add.
1: Um we've talked about some of my points. Patrick, I don't know if we've gotten to yours much at all. If there's anything you want to talk about?
0: Um I mean, we touched really on everything, honestly. Most of mine were kind of jumping off points and we touched on pretty much anything that I wanted to touch on. So, I I would call it covered on my side. Yeah.
1: Oh, I have one thing. <laughs> Oh, yes. i'm just reading mm. over over what i wrote here um there, there was two ideas i found really interesting one was that for the lost souls how they were saying it's not just all the negative anxieties but it's also the obsessions yeah when you get too obsessed mm. with something that it can also take you out of being here and i thought that was really interesting that it's not just the negative stuff but it's the positive stuff if you lean too far into that as well
0: mm. absolutely i mean we've all known that one person who is really into whatever sports or whatever it is, you know? And she's like, oh, well, you're just not going to talk to them on this day because that's when they're doing the whatever, whatever. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: They were having the, uh, the national figure skating championships this week for the United States. So your country, not mine, I guess, but um, (laughs) it it makes me think about though, those people who have those major goals, like the Olympics or, or something where you do have to dedicate most of your life to that, I guess, how do you find that balance or is that balance even helpful then in those moments? Because you kind of do have to be all, all in on this one goal. If that's the kind of goal you have.
2: Well, you hear about athletes that, you know, they, they get hurt and, you know, they get hurt to a point where they can no longer, you know, do their sport or, or, you know, do their competition. And then that just completely ruins their entire life. Like it's almost like they have nothing left to to do just because, you know, it's like we mentioned, it's, it's when you hit that goal, where do you go from there kind of thing? Like it's, you know, if you get so obsessed with one, style of living you know like they're they're working out every day you know they're they're eating you know the same meal structure every day like they're doing the same types of activities every day if they get hurt to a point where they can't do that anymore like that's just going to throw their entire you know their entire life in a loop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you want to be a professional athlete, then just make sure that you don't ever get hurt. Nothing ever happens, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's that simple. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, we solved that problem. All right. We moving that on. Problem.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but next world hunger, we got mm-hmm. this. <laughs> hey, we, we
0: we I know a guy who knows something about ag. We might be able to solve this problem. There's
1: a podcast. I think that's halfway there, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: Totally. Wow. That's uh, I never never heard about. This. Yes. <laughs> would you
0: it. would you like to tell us more about it, Brendan?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: always i'm always happy to promote yes
0: well feel free <laughs> now might be as good a time well, as any i mean we segued it perfectly sure
2: yeah that's, that's that's pretty great um yeah so so for anyone who um is looking to hear more of of my uh, pleasant not definitely not monotone voice it's uh you can find me over at talk ag it's a uh, podcast available anywhere you find podcasts and on youtube and we're just over there talking about all kinds of different things that involve where your food comes from, how it's grown and all the technology surrounding that. And I've had Patrick on for a couple episodes, we've talked about some ag technology, I have talked about just about every ag issue I can think of, Um, just really, if it has to do with food, fiber, or pretty much anything that you use in your daily life, I've probably talked about it, you know, we've, we've gone over a lot of different stuff. and, And not just that, but how it ties into movies and video games and TV shows, and you know, just all of that. And i you know, I'm, I'm not sure I can necessarily do an episode on anything like I probably couldn't make an episode about soul unless we talked about the pizza. But I mean, there's 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 enough to be said about how agriculture ties into all of our lives. And so that's kind of the whole point of my podcast. So if you're interested in learning about how to cure world hunger, or at least my theories on how it could be possible, then jump on over and we'll we'll talk about it.
1: And we will try to link that in the show notes.
2: Did you do an episode on World Hunger? I, I was joking about that, but. <laughs> if you actually
0: did, uh,
1: <laughs> we'll link to so
0: that episode. I haven't,
2: I haven't done one yet, but I have very briefly talked about it on, on. I'm not sure if I actually talked about it on my show yet or not. I know I've discussed it on other people's podcasts. So they've asked me on my thoughts on it.
0: Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, yes,
2: absolutely. We will link everything to the show notes.
1: <laughs> we will link How to Solve World Hunger below. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah people always ask me well how do we solve world hunger it's like <laughs> that's about as easy as saying how do you how do you cure cancer guys like there's there's a bit of a, of a issue here but it's not it's not because of what people think it's that's Whole nother thing. We, we can do an episode on that another time.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Silly mundane curing world hunger. I yeah. like it. Or you come on to talk.
1: You come back, talk about world hunger and pizza because we didn't talk about the pizza in this episode and it That's looked true. very, looks very so good. good. Yes, it did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I loved how half the scenes in New York were just, just 22 eating different foods from New York. <laughs>
0: I mean, let's be uh, honest. If I ever make my way to New York, I will. that'll be what I'm
1: doing. <laughs> New York has very good food, very good pizza for sure. Mm, oh, man, you no. try
0: it. <laughs> that sounds great, Brendan. Thank you so much for coming on. I much appreciate it, um, and thank you for having me on your show. the The episodes that uh, I was on were was great, and I've listened to several of your episodes as well, and they're a pleasure to listen to. So please, guys, go listen to Brendan. Brendan on Talk Act to me, and yeah, he, he's a he's a he's a he's a great follow. Highly recommended.
2: Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's sure been a pleasure. I mean, I've been looking forward to this since really since our first episode, Patrick. I've I've listened to your show, you know, all all five episodes of it. It's it's <laughs> definitely a, a joy a joy to listen to, and it's it's one of those shows that like you know because there's not a lot of it, like you want to savor every last second of it, so you don't get to like I I waited to listen to some episodes just so I have the ability to listen to him. Aww. But I'm, I'm going to listen to him over again just because it's fun. But, um, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, that's very so, nice. Thank you. I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate you. B- both of you are welcome on my show whenever you would like. I'm, it's always a pleasure to have you on. All
1: right. Next time we think about world hunger, we will be right there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm I'm thinking we just need to well whenever we are able to we all just need to go to New York and get some pizza and we'll have an episode about that. Okay. That sounds like fun. I'd be, dec- I'd be Undetermined down. Undetermined
1: time, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, might might be might be a little ways in the future, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be down.
1: Or we we each order in our favorite pizza locally and then we'll zo- zoom it out, I guess. <laughs>
0: there you go. We can there you do go. That. Okay. Basically the
1: same.
0: <laughs> Pop quiz: What is your favorite local pizza place? Go.
1: Oh, I don't have a favorite. There's no. a lot of different kinds. I sorry, they, there's so many different styles, and so I like a bunch of different ones for different reasons, okay, okay. which is a very Fair. unhelpful answer.
2: Mm, okay. See, I I do too, but we don't have. So the problem is in you know I live in in fresno and over here we don't really have like a like a local pizza place we just have like you know little caesars or Domino's or whatever so like we you know i I eat a bunch of that i will say there's a pizza place over in pismo beach where i used to go when i was growing up all the time called sam's pizza possibly the best pizza i've ever had sam's okay what made it what made it the best well first of all it's enormous uh so you can (laughs) get a a large pizza that's literally it's like two feet nice two feet wide it is a massive pizza And it's it's just awesome. And so maybe it's not exactly two feet, but it's it's pretty big. Um like it took up our entire our entire dining room table. And yes it was it was huge and like the a single slice will keep you full for like two days like it's just it's oh, wow. so so full but it's it's all handmade by this old italian man named named sam and he is the nicest guy so like you go in there and you'll just sit there and talk to sam for an hour about pretty much everything and he'll make you he'll, he'll hand make you the pizza right in front of you and it's just it's awesome that sounds fantastic
1: well now i want that it right is now fantastic. that sounds wonderful okay forget new <laughs> york we're gonna go visit you at sam's <laughs> when it is possible <laughs>
2: perfect i'm down let's go Awesome. My
0: my favorite place, I have two favorites. So my favorite local place where I'm at currently, it's a place called Andalini's, and it's really, really good. The guy um, who makes it, I actually, he did a presentation at a chamber, uh, uh, what, what? chamber of commerce. <laughs> I was like, well, what was it? It's some kind of chamber something, <laughs> it. chamber of commerce. And he did a presentation. He's from... California. He moved to New York, but he he and then he ended up moving to Tulsa. And so the style of pizza is kind of its own, his own thing, and he basically just calls it Tulsa style, essentially. And he's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like New York style, but it's kind of this and this little mix of that. And it's really good. It's unlike anything I've ever had before, but it's so good, so fresh, um, not super expensive. I love it. And Delini's they have a few locations. Go get it if you're ever in Tulsa. Highly recommended. And then don't know yeah my other my other favorite is uh down uh, from Louisiana there's a it's a local chain called Rotolo's. and uh and similarly like what you're talking about Brendan they did a huge pizza they called it a five pound pizza and it was legitimately five pounds of pizza just a giant with just stacked to the brim with toppings of <laughs> oh. all shapes and sizes it was so good and one piece would Indeed fill you up You'd like to eat one and, and then you take the rest home Because it's just So much pizza <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But yeah Rotolos I, uh, I have not had Rotolos in a very long time and then to my surprise my wife and I went down to Dallas uh, a few, couple years back and I'm like man we just want some pizza and so we just like I wonder if they got a Rotolo's in Dallas they probably don't and I looked it up and sure enough they did I said you've got to be kidding me that's not even that far away <laughs> so we went, and, <laughs> we went and grabbed Rotolo's <laughs> we were both so surprised it was like a very pleasant uh, taste of home that we weren't expecting whenever we were in Dallas uh, a while back so yeah anyway nice. Rotolo's and totally go totally go get it I'm not going to link it in the show notes,
2: but y'all can look it up. It'll be great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we always end our shows making ourselves very hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So I am... Uh, oh, it's not, it's not loading. Oh, there it goes. So I, I just posted a, a picture of a Sam's Pizza in, in, in the group uh, Discord. Very nice. Once I, I can get Discord and working my,
0: again, I'll uh, check <laughs> it out.
2: And, and, and I have my niece next to it for scale. She was like a couple months old at this point. So it, it gives you a good reference on how big the pizza is.
1: It, it looks like the size of a baby, basically, if not bigger oh than a baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my, that's huge! I just pulled up my phone. Good gracious!
1: It's also it's also a very hilarious picture. Uh, we probably will not post this because it no. has a baby in it. But it looks like it makes me think of The Lion King. Like you're holding up the baby yes. like The Lion King style, but towards the pizza. <laughs> this is your kingdom. One day it'll all be yours. Yes.
2: Oh, it is her kingdom. She rules the entire world. She thinks. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>
1: but what about the,
2: what awesome. about that dark place so- over there?
1: Well that Everywhere that's the just the, that's, we just the, that's the rug. <laughs> oh <laughs>
2: we don't go near that. there's, there's no. an actual
1: rug in the photo since you guys can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have
0: to take a word for it. It's a rug, it's great.
1: It's a it's a dark rug. It's, it's black. It's, it's a,
2: yeah. It's a fantastic rug. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even for the rug.
1: <laughs> so maybe she will that will be part of her kingdom then. She'll get that too. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: awesome. Oh, so. yeah. Brandon, thank you again so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. It was fantastic
2: talking Pixar with you, and
0: uh, yeah, we we thank you for your time. It was it was a good time, tech tech issues and all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's always a pleasure. I'm I'm always happy to have a conversation with you guys. We'll have to do it again whenever we have a Star follow up to our episode that
0: has not yet come out, but will come out maybe pretty soon, hopefully.
1: I'm so excited Definitely. for the update to come out on consoles.
0: Me too. That's oh, going to yes. be so much fun. We'll have to fire up the farm yes. again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, oh, I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'll be
0: great. We're gonna do a beach farm. It'll be great. That sounds hard. I, w- I don't know about not being able to do uh, sprinklers. I don't know about that. So who's That's gonna, gonna water
1: today? Yeah. Oh, I I have to go uh get some gifts for people. I gotta mm-hmm. go to town. Yeah, gotta keep all the
0: hearts up for everybody. <laughs> I guess I'm. I guess I can't fish. I'll be watering all the ancient fruit. <laughs>
2: All right, well. Oh, man.
0: Bye. Bye.
2: See you. I'm starting the podcast. Okay, ring, ring.